0: What's up everybody welcome back to remember the game it is my retro gaming podcast where every week a buddy of mine and I sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day my name is Adam Blank thank you so much for listening to the show and this week it is episode 231 and we're talking a, uh, a hidden gem of sorts on the Sega Genesis it's haunting starring Polterguy and now listen I know what you're thinking i have never heard of that game. I get it. To be honest, until I launched Remember the Game, I had also never heard of that game. But one of my favorite things about this show is discovering retro games that I'd never played before. And in some cases, retro games that I never would have played had it not been for Remember the Game. And while admittedly, this game is not, you know, Gunstar Heroes... Streets of Rage 2, Toe Jam & Earl, Sonic, uh, it's not those, it's pretty solid. It's hilarious, it's very clever, it's very, very inventive. Uh, if you've never played it before, you control Polterguy, this dead, green, glowing, kind of punk rock Beetlejuice. This game has got some Beetlejuice influence to it, for sure. And, and the whole object of the game is you follow this family of four around, from house to house. Each level is a house, and you basically just have to scare them. Until they they run out of the house terrified, you've chased them all out and they're forced to move. And you need to chase them all out before you run out of like ectoplasmic goo to allow yourself to do it. And it's it's really funny. Some of the scare animations are fucking hilarious. Uh the game feels like something that would have released as like an indie game today. You know, it's quite inventive. Uh and I enjoyed it a lot. And if that doesn't sound scary, if you're thinking, well that doesn't that sounds fun. That doesn't sound scary. It's made by EA. I know, and EA should scare everybody that's a gamer, but this was from before they were greasy. This is from the simpler times when EA was just nice, and they just made games that worked and were full of microtransactions and loot boxes and crap, so... A longtime supporter of the show, Hogzilla, sponsored this episode over on Patreon, and much like the Alundra episode from a few weeks ago, this is one of those gems I never would have found otherwise, Uh, but I'm really glad I did, because it was different, it was weird, it's artistic, uh, and in a very, very good way, and we're going to get to all that in just a minute, because speaking of being weird and different uh but artistic in a very good way it's time for another edition of the terrifying remember the game infamous intro <laughs> If you're new to the podcast, welcome aboard. Consider this your warning. Our intros are, well, they're kind of long, but they're fun, and they're way less scary than watching your bed frame turn into a demon that tries to eat your face in every house that you move into, like it does in Haunting Starring Poltergeist. But if you do want to skip it, if you're just here for some game chat, go about 30 minutes up the road, bada bing, bada boom. You're into the game chat, all right? Uh, We have merchandise. I have to do my plugs. This is how we keep the bills on around here. We have merch. We have hoodies, T-shirts, coffee mugs, posters, all kinds of stuff rocking incredible art drawn by my man Joe from 4545creative.com. You can find all of that at rememberthegamepodcast.com if you're interested. It's a great way to support the show. And of course, if you don't like clothes... you can always just support us on Patreon because for just two bucks a month you get two extra shows every week you get exclusive access to my gaming news show Game Patch every Friday where I look at all the biggest news in modern video games and I add my opinions and some profanity and stuff in there and Expansion Pass drops every Thursday and that's a different show each week we do game rankings console lookbacks character retrospectives we do some comedy episodes there's a ton of modern game reviews over there and this past week on Expansion Pass it was our first episode of 2023 so we rolled out the cliche new year's gaming predictions episode i locked in a dozen big bold predictions for gaming over the next 12 months i look back on last year's to see how i did as well spoiler i did not do very well and as it's becoming tradition here is a sneak peek of last week's episode of expansion pass Our 2023 gaming predictions reports are surfacing that the nintendo switch has surpassed 119 million units sold which locks it into third On the all-time sales list, still about 35 million units behind the PS2 and the uh, DS family for those top two spots in the all-time sales list. So my first prediction for 2023, Nintendo drops the price of the Switch Lite to $149.99 US dollars. ...and sells 20 million Switch consoles this year... ...to bring themselves within 15 million... ...of that record. That's now available in our archives... ...and this week for Expansion past 145... ...it's a new year which means resolutions! We're making our gaming resolutions for 2023... ...I have some stuff I'm committing to getting to this year... ...as do some of our Patreons... ...and a year from now we can look back on that episode... ...and be disappointed in all of ourselves for dropping the ball. So again two bucks get you two extra shows every week plus instant access to about 300 archive bonus podcasts all ad free ready to go onto your phone and there's actually finally I got around to it there is a full list of every episode of expansion pass published at remember the if you're a little on the fence and you want to see what it is you're getting in exchange for your two dollars so you can go over there and look at that if you want and not only to get a bunch of podcasts you get access to our remember the game discord the chance to vote in our patreon poll every month the ability to submit comments to be read on our podcasts you can dm with me and And you get a shout-out and get to hear me mispronounce your name like I'm about to do to most of these people. A huge thank you to all of our newest patrons, Eamon. Trucker Lemon Minge, oh, that makes me cringe. Uh, it makes me cringe. Ah, oh, wow. Eddie Dean nineteen. Jacob Yamayuchi. John Brennan. Big Chungus. Fuzzy Dunlop. Aaron Tisfar, Tsar Tsarfati. Tsarfati. Sorry, Aaron, I fucked that up. Chunk of Dignity. I you don't belong around here. c Blade thirty. Louis Loniuski Loneski, Vegan Zombie eighty seven. Victor Evans. Patrick Mark Sneed. Kodomo jump, Braden Beckstrand. I used to work with a Braden. I fucking hated that kid. You, you seem nice. You're not that kid. Uh, Joel White, Distorted Iris, John Medrano, Simon Russell, Tom Robido, Adam Bened, Tim Vitulo, Adam Shutax Axe shut in blocks. Adam shut in blocks. Pardon me. J- J- I suck at this. J. seven two seven. Jacob Fairley. Alex Gonzalez. John C five hundred. Adam David Swain. The Bart. The and Frosty. I hope it's not I, I think it's frost eye I don't know either way. Thank you all so much for support and welcome to Remember the Game Industries Patreon.com/slash Remember the Game if you want more information about that. And finally, last but not least, you can find me on Twitch Twitch.tv/slash Remember the Game. I get on there whenever I feel like it, play whatever I feel like, and you can come by and argue with me and do all the fun stuff. It's good times. That's enough blowing myself. Let's blow in some cartridges. It is our opening segment here on the show. I read a few comments and questions from our patrons, usually gaming related, but not always. And we call this segment blowing in the cartridge he blows all right he blows big time that's it honey get into the spirit let's blow our first blower this week is impressive beans i bet you if you eat a lot of beans you do blow (laughs) uh hey adam long time silent hill fan here and i was elated With all the big news we got in 2022 for the series to make a comeback. Tops on my list is the Silent Hill 2 remake, but the other projects seem enticing as well. I am concerned, though, with a company like Konami that sat on this absolute gem of a franchise. Finally, we get news, and it's not just a remake, but a hundred other projects to boot. I'm concerned with all the new content they're making. It might be all shit because it's too much new stuff. What are your thoughts? Do you think Konami is biting off too much or finally delivering a heap of long overdue goods for us? cheers well that's an interesting question impressive beans and i got to um i understand where you're coming from admittedly i I like silent hill the only one i've played through to the end is silent hill 3 but i like silent hill i'm also looking forward to the silent hill 2 remake um but i don't have any skin in the game as far as if these all suck you're getting your heart broken or anything like that i will say though as somebody that has sat around waiting for f-zero to make an appearance forever that has waited for punch out to make an appearance forever. That just would give his left arm for some more Mega Man. Where's Jack and Dexter? What happened to Sly Cooper? I, As someone that's also sitting around waiting for more franchises. To finally get the dust blown off them and make a comeback. I will tell you. I think I would rather be in your position of. Oh boy there's a ton of things coming out. I hope they're not watering them all down to make a ton. Uh, as opposed to radio silence and we're not getting anything. Because the thing is, is if you get like 15 projects. One of them is going to be decent right like it has to be if they're all bad if if silent if you guys get like five silent hill projects in the next 6 or 7 years and they're all shit it's time to move on and give up i one will be good and i would happily take four bad f0 games for one good to decent f0 game so i understand your concern but look at it from the other side of the coin i think you're better off i you're better off just take your chances roll the dice Something will work out. I'm also looking forward to that Silent Hill 2. I got to play the original. I got to play the original before uh, I should add that to my resolutions list. Silent Hill. I'm going to do that, actually. Silent Hill 2. We'll get played this year and get an episode of the show. All right. Well done, impressive beans. Joel White wrote in and said, Do you think they should remaster Polybius? 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 P O L Y B I U S. I put this in here not knowing what Polybius is. And I'm Googling it live on the show. If this was Rogan, I'd be like, Jamie, bring up Polybius. Polybius. Urban. What? Polybius. Polybius is an urban legend concerning a fictitious 1981 arcade game the legend describes the game as part of a government run crowdsourced psychology experiment based in portland oregon what the fuck is this gameplay supposedly produced intense psychoactive and addictive effects in the behavior and the player these few publicly staged arcade machines were said to have been visited periodically by men in black what the fuck by men in black yes i don't even know what the fuck else this is yes Yes, I yes they should remaster it, Joel White. And if you are a representative of the government and you're just trying to get me on board, I will. If you'll let me meet the aliens, I will use this platform to brainwash people into playing a remastered Polybius. What the hell have I never heard of this? Okay, we got to get through this show faster so I can read about this Polybius project. What the fuck? Wow. Thanks for writing in, Joel, you fucking weirdo. That's insane. Ogrod wrote in and said Mr. blank I sense uh I sense you now have oh since you now have a steamer you can better answer this question In case you don't know, the Steamer is the code name around here for the Steam Deck. Uh, Identity Crisis. I've always been a console gamer since the NES days, but now since I have a Steam Deck, which some have called a portable PC, am I now part of the PC Master Race? I play portable and docked and have considered getting a mouse and keyboard for it. Please help me figure out where I stand. You're just confused, Ogrod, and that's part of growing up. That's okay. Several people, you know, I posted a thing on Twitter asking people, am I a PC Master Racer? Now that I have a Steam Deck. And some people said yes 100%. And some people said no you're still not one of us. Fuck you on their high horse. As PC Master Racers are. So for what it's worth. I I don't play mine with a mouse and keyboard. I think once you get into the mouse and keyboard. You're going to have to own up. You are a PC Master Racer. I'm not going to use the mouse and keyboard. I still like to just play with the analogs and stuff. So I consider myself PC Curious. And that is as far as I would go. I'm on the fence. I'm fascinated. But I don't know if it's entirely for me. But no. Until, you know what, Ogrod, when you... oh uh, No, nah, you know what? I was going to stop myself. I'll go there. I don't give a fuck. When you develop a horrible BO and start talking down to everybody around you at all times and gaming on a mouse and keyboard, then you're officially PC Master Race. That's like the moment Bart looked up and saw his reflection in Milhouse's ner- uh, glasses and realized he was a nerd. Until then, you're just experimenting, and that's just part of uh, growing up. Enjoy the ride, man. Uh, I will say... I'm going to review the Steam Deck sometime in the next couple of months on Expansion Bass. I'm really, really enjoying mine. It is fucking awesome. Uh, Ryan Huzz wrote, and he said, Yo, Blank, as a fellow multi-console owner who also primarily buys digital, I'm curious about your thoughts. How do you pick where to buy your multi-platform games? There are some games I prefer to play handheld, hand-held of me, but given the track record, I don't trust Nintendo to port forward games from Switch to whatever is next, so I'm hesitant sometimes. Um, you know what, Ryan? I kind of just go with my gut instinct. I, I won't lie, if it's an RPG... My first thought is to look at it on the Switch, assuming it's over there, because I almost always am going to prefer to play RPGs handheld, uh, where I can play them, like playing on the couch or whatever. Like, I am going to definitely pick up that Final Fantasy Pixel Remaster Collection when it drops, and I have zero doubt in my mind. Something like that I'm going with on the Switch. Anything that's like big and bright and colorful and uh, graph- graphically, is that a term? Graphically taxing. I'm definitely going either PlayStation or Xbox. And uh, I don't know. I kind of just general rule of thumb, I prefer Xbox to PlayStation, but there's been a few games, Final Fantasy VII, Crisis Core, Sonic Frontiers, or a couple of the most recent multi-platform ones that I bought on my PlayStation. Um, if one's, if it's on sale on one of those, obviously I'm going to go over there. Otherwise, like if I already have a couple of games going on my Xbox on Game Pass, then I'll buy it on my PlayStation just to use both and vice versa. But I, I don't know. Otherwise, I just kind of... Eh, I just wing it. Ni- you're right. Nintendo, I only buy a Nintendo if... I want it portable and I hardly ever buy Nintendo switch versions of multi-console games before seeing reviews. Cause sometimes those switch ports are uh, <laughs> a little suspect, but um, assuming I don't want it portable between PlayStation and Xbox, I just kind of wing it. Whatever I feel like I like both. I know it's a lame answer, but it's the truth. That's, that's where I am on it. So thanks for writing in uh, Ryan. Who, hus, who's Huzz? who's Huzz? frosty bear. Said, hey Adam, whenever I get the chance to play as a female in a game, think femme shepherd versus male shepherd. I always do. As a testosterone driven young man, my rationale is that if I was able to spend 40 plus hours looking at a character's back in third person view, it might as well be good looking. Yes, I know it makes me a perv. I worked through it. Thanks, better help. As an adult, I now see this as an opportunity to get it to experience how the other half feels, although not all games really play or have plots based on gender. Also, I play games to escape real life. Saving the galaxy from a conquering race of thousand year old giant alien robots is still something I think I could manage. But being a woman, that's never going to happen. Thoughts? Do you think I need more therapy? Nah, you don't need more therapy. You know, this is actually an interesting comment, uh, Frosty Bear, because um, I actually play as the female characters. I would would say it's about 50-50. Uh, between the male or the female character. Sometimes, like when I played Far Cry 6, I went with the female character because she just seemed much cooler. She just looked like she looked rad and the male guy looked like kind of a loser. Um, but just generally, uh, I don't like, I rarely make the character at like my own likeness. I always name them Hoju. Sometimes I go with like a funny character's face. If I go with a female character, I name them Hojet. And uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I play as a female sometimes. It's fun because you're right. I'm never like, we don't need this. We don't need, we don't need this as a female. This is, I'm, I'm a, I, I look like a bag of garbage. So, uh, sometimes it's fun to play as the female characters. I kind of go 50, 50 on it, but I definitely switch it up sometimes for sure. And uh, I definitely play games to escape. I fuck. I hate real life. I definitely play games to escape real life, uh, as well. Uh, Slithis the God, when someone asks you if you're a god, you say yes. Slithis, the god wrote, in and he said, "Dear Adam, with the AEW game about to drop next month, I was wondering if you think the lack of roster size, with them only putting about 50 wrestlers in, will hurt the game as competition for WWE 2K, who, not even including all the legends in DLC, have a far bigger roster than that." Uh, first, I was gonna say, dude, did they confirm that AEW's video game is coming out next month? I don't think they've confirmed it, but that is the rumor. Just in case anyone listening to this is like, what? I, I read that too, and I was like, what the fuck? It's coming out next month? I, I googled it. It sounds like it's like rumored to come out next month. I hope it does. Um, No, I don't think the smaller roster is going to hurt them, to be honest with you. I think the WWE, like the WWE rosters are fun, but I think that they've gotten a little bit uh, too heavy, quite frankly. And this is their first game. They don't really have a lot of legends to put in it or anything like that. So I wouldn't mind seeing them update it as they sign new wrestlers. But uh, I'm fine. Like... I'm, I'm, I am, I am, I can't even explain how much more interesting slash or interested slash concerned I am not concerned, but the gameplay, the gameplay is what fucking matters to me. If they make a fun game and it, and it lives up to the hype about it being a spiritual successor to the old N64 wrestling games and stuff like that, you can put 10 fucking wrestlers in it. Like I just want it to be fun. And then I'll worry about the roster afterwards. Plus almost certainly it's going to have creator wrestler and it does have creator wrestler. And if it's got the ability to download, um, uh, create creations from the community online, like a lot of the WWE games and stuff do now, you can make the roster as big as you want to anyway. Uh, so no, I'm, I'm not really worried about that. I get the game right. And then for, you know, AW fight forever Two or still fighting or whatever the fuck they call their next game. Then you can worry about expanding it. But I, I just want a good core, basic wrestling game and then i'll worry about the size of the roster uh later i'm only gonna play as mjf anyway so uh <laughs> i love mjf thanks for writing in buddy uh daft Belja. Wrote in and said, hey, Mr. A, what's your favorite look of video game physical format? The big two categories are are cartridges and discs. For me, it's the classic Mega Drive, I'm sorry, Genesis. The plastic shell was revolutionary and still used today, and a tie between itsy-bitsy GameCube mini-DVDs and classic PS1 black discs. Uh, You know what? I actually have to say, as much as I love my NES, my SNES, um, my favorite form of physical video game is probably Genesis as well. I like the way the black cartridges look. They just look sharp. And then those... Dude, those plastic cases are fire. How many people threw out... I did all my NES and my SNES and my Nintendo 64 boxes. And now you got to pay like an extra 40, 50 bucks to fucking get a hold of like an old piece of cardboard to keep your game in. So many Genesis games come in those nice fucking tight plastic cases that look so good on the shelves with the with the cover art and everything in them and a lot of them still have the manuals inside and uh, I'll, yeah, I don't even think it's close. I'll give runner-up to the GameCube mini discs because well, I think they're weird. I think they're cute and kind of adorable and neat. But massive shout-out to the Genesis, Mega Drive, whatever you want to call it and those giant fucking book-looking plastic cases. Those are the best of all time. Not even close. I love those cases. Uh, thanks for writing in daft. And finally, Before we move on, as always, it's letter time, it's letter time, Chris Hill. No relation to Hank Hill, I assume. Wrote in and said, Hey Adam, first time poster. What are your thoughts on companies releasing new generation consoles too early to keep up with the competition? There are are several years between generations, of course, but the PS2 was still releasing games in 2014 when the PS4 was released a year earlier and the games looked less polished, of course, but not two generations behind. It makes me think as the technology is older, developers learn about creating for it and get better at it. Look at Mario 1 and Mario 3 for a quick example. I can't help but wonder what the true potential of older consoles would be if they focused on them for a bit longer rather than churning out new ones just to keep up with each other. How good would Xbox 360 games have gotten if they didn't have Sony breathing down their neck for market share an extra se- for an extra seven or eight years? It was a bit long-winded, but thoughts. That's a good question, Chris. I, hmm. I mean, the thing about it is, like, once I mean, like, we all know. I mean, Nintendo's kind of gotten on their own cycle. Like, the Switch came out... I mean, I think it's because the Wii U was such a disaster. God bless the Wii U, but that was a disaster. So, they launched the Switch halfway through the PS4, Xbox One cycle. And now the PS5, Xbox Series, everything are two years old. And the Switch probably still has another year or two left. And I think Nintendo now forever is going to be launching mid-cycle. And I think that's a great spot for them. Because I think by the time the new Switch console launches, say, end of 2024, for example, uh, the PS5 and the Xbox series, everything will be four years old. People that want one, for the most part, will have one. Then the Switch is the hot new item or the next Switch or whatever. And then... After that thing hits about four years old, now the PS6 and the Xbox Omega or whatever the fuck it is come out. And now those are the hot new items because everyone they want a Nintendo console is. And Nintendo's kind of positioned themselves to be a companion console to Xbox and PlayStation. So I think they're in a great spot. But as far as Xbox and PlayStation, yeah, they're, they're always launching. Like they launched what? Like days of each other this past generation. And you know that they're already working on the PlayStation 6 and whatever the next Xbox is right now. And I think it just comes down to once one side blinks, the other side has to. I think the second Sony says, hey, here's what's going on with the PlayStation 6, Xbox has to counter with whatever their next console is or they look like they're getting left behind. And, you know, that market share and people can't afford both new... Co- I mean, a lot of people can't afford to drop, you know, six, $700 on two new consoles at, at launch. So you gotta have to get out roughly at the same time to compete for that market share. Or you might end up too far behind. So I think once, I think that's part of it. Once one blinks, then the other one blinks. Um, and it's interesting I think part of it now is they have to keep up with PCs as well. As much as, you know, I dunk on PC master racers, PCs are getting better all, and more expensive and complicated and all that shit that makes me mad, but PCs are getting better all the time. And if console gaming wants to stay relevant and competitive with them, they have to keep up, which does include a massive, you can't just open up your PS5 and install a tactical RAM HD cooling fan hard drive capture device like you can into your PC Mac Book or whatever the fuck that is so they have to keep up every few or every you know six or seven years I think with these technology updates just to stay relevant so I think that's part of it Uh, I do wonder how profitable launching a console is for a company because historically companies don't make shit on consoles. They almost lose money on some of them, but they make money on the games. And on one hand, the older your console, like the PS4, the older it is, the more games are out there for people to buy and the bigger your install base because there's a hundred some million PS4s out there, but the more used games are out there that are eating into your sales and the more sales are running, which are cutting into your profit margins. Whereas a brand new console only has a few games and you have a smaller consumer base to sell it to because there's not as many consoles out there but they're all at full price they're not used people are buying them up because they want to buy new games so i don't know i wonder how profitable it is for companies to launch new consoles um i guess to answer your question like it'd be fun to see what else developers could do if they held on to their old consoles but at the same, like like you mentioned, Super Mario Brothers 1 and Super Mario Brothers 3. Look at the last... Like, I always go to The Last of Us. You look at The Last of Us at the end of the PS3 and then look at The Last of Us that just got released on the PS5 and it, there, there's a difference. But that difference is negligible. Like, what they were able to do with the PlayStation 3 and The Last of Us is fucking remarkable. And so, yeah, no question. Every year that goes by, the companies and developers are working with these pieces of hardware. They're getting better and more capable with them and better at what they can do and all that kind of stuff. No question. But at the same time... Like when the new console launches, you're also kind of automatically getting like the you know not and I know this is I'm stretching and I and I before you write in and you're like well technically that's not true I like a launch title for the PS2 was spectacular compared to something that ended the PS1 roughly like do you know what I'm saying like that hardware like the worst next gen game on paper is going to at least graphically and stuff stack up against some of the best last-gen games. So it'd be fun to see what they could do with that old hardware, but it's also like, oh, fuck, now it's like we're hitting hitting reset, and let's see what they can do with this new hardware. You know, it's exciting. Uh, And I guess personally just to answer your question from my perspective, like I love new console launches. It's exciting, right? I think most gamers, like whenever Nintendo, I'm, I love my switch and I'm fine with a couple more years of my switch, but whenever Nintendo launches their next console, I'm fucking there. I'm excited for it. When the PS five and the Xbox series X launched, I was like, fuck yeah, new consoles. So I, I want them. I don't want them. I want to make it to the six year mark. I, my personal rule of thumb is I want six years out of my consoles, give or take. You know, I can live with five good years, but I'm looking at that six-year mark. After that, I'm like, I have, we had some good times, um, but I'm trading in for a new model. I want the next one. So, I don't know. I don't know what the right or wrong answer is. Personally, as long as we get past six years and I got a lot of good games, it doesn't bother me too much. But I get what you're saying. Anyways, holy fuck, we're at 25 minutes. We gotta fucking get moving here. Uh, let's. Thanks for all the submissions, everybody. Let's change things up and get into our Smash hit segment, the official game show of Remember the Game Industries. It's play one, remake one, erase one. And a huge thank you to Classic Concentration from the NES for unknowingly providing us with the theme music for the show. The rules are simple. Every week I give our patrons three retro video games. They can play one as it was released, remake one as a modern game, and the third is a race from time forever. And as always, there are no wrong answers, but there is a right one. We'll get to that in just a minute. And this week, because we're talking Haunting starring Poltergeist, I went with three quote-unquote scary Genesis games. We've got Splatterhouse 2, Michael Jackson's Moonwalker... And the horrifically horrifying Echo the Dolphin. And 33% of you, one third, that voted said you'd play Splatterhouse, remake Echo, and erase Moonwalker. Let's see what a few of you had to say here, and then I'll tell you what the right answer was. Vegan Zombie 87. That doesn't seem like it makes sense. How could you be a vegan zombie? Anyway, vegan zombie says I'd play echo because unlike you, I have a soul and I love beautiful dolphins and their quest to find their families. I'd remake Splatterhouse 2 too, because I have fun memories as a kid of playing it. And I'd erase moonwalker because the sound of little children thanking Michael hits a little differently today that you're not wrong about, but I have a soul. All right. I love beautiful dolphins. It's just echoes. Not beautiful. I'm questioning whether or not it's a dolphin and I hope it never finds its family because it's a disgrace to the name and uh, you're on single secret probation vegan zombie uh yankee doodle randy said play splatterhouse 2 because i haven't and probably should remake moonwalker i own this game since i was a kid and i think it's actually a decent platformer with good music a modern day remaster would be nice but we all know it's not going to happen and then we can erase echo and make tuna salad sandwiches see that y'all dunking on me because i don't want to fucking reunite echo with his family while yankee doodle randy is over here eating tuna sandwiches made of dolphins don't doesn't it specifically say no dolphin in your tuna when you buy it, I've never read The Can of Tuna. I don't know. Uh, I do agree. I bet you the music in Moonwalker is good. I love Michael Jackson's music, but you, we're never getting it. <laughs> you're right. We're never getting a remaster of it. The only way that's ever happening is this, this segment of this show right here. So, Jumpin' Johnny Gaming said, a race Echo the Dolphin. That game is one of the worst 16-bit games of all time. Doesn't deserve a remake. Playing as a dolphin does not appeal to me. <laughs> All right. Play Moonmaker Moonwalker, of me. It's a fun title to play, and I would imagine a remake would be an issue with the rights to MJ music and the film and everything. And then remake Splatterhouse 2. There was a subpar remake already, but imagine current gen graphics making it bloody and gory in the Bane of Doom remake, where the music gets more upbeat with more enemies on screen and takes tributes farther to horror, like the title character is a tribute to Jason Voorhees. Have some levels in a mansion full of zombies trapped on a ship full of aliens, even solve a puzzle box and get trapped in hell. I respect your passion, Jumpin' Johnny Gaming. You sound like you do jump a lot reading this. I I like that. Sound logic. Sound logic all around. Chris Goplin wrote in and said, play Splatterhouse 2 because it's Splatterhouse 2. There shouldn't really be any more reason than that. Remake Moonwalker. Have you ever seen that movie? It's one huge drug trip. Remake the game with just more drugs. And erase Echo. Did you know dolphins will fuck humans? Well, fuck them. But bye echo chris every once in a while you fucking write in with something that just makes me laugh well done well done chris that was a good comment and welsh destroyer said woo play moonwalker i remember playing the arcade cabinet version when i was five great game and great music this shouldn't be touched remake splatterhouse 2 i think it'd be awesome with newer higher definition graphics and erase echo because fuck that miserable dolphin fair enough for the record i don't i don't agree with any of you that are erasing echo i have better plans for echo i agree with the majority this week 33% of you including chunk of dignity who said i will play splatterhouse 2 i never played it but that box art is too amazing to pass up it is solid box art remake echo that sad sad boy needs to find something to finally go his way and a roose moonwalker a race moonwalker part of me that bad guy fair enough i, I myself will play splatterhouse too because i agree Fucking, the box art looks fucking sick. And it's in one of those Sega Genesis cases we were just talking about. It looks awesome. I would remake Echo the Dolphin. Because I still, to this day, think there's a good game in there. It's just stupid and obnoxious and too hard and I hate it. But it could be fun. And I like I like Dolphins. And the new graphics could be cool. And then I'd erase Moonwalker. Because I like Michael Jackson's music. But there's a lot of baggage there. And the game just looks stupid. So I would erase it. That's simple. Uh, thanks. Everybody that wrote into play, play one, remake one, erase one. As always, what have I been playing? And then we'll get into Haunting Star and Poltergeist. I'll tell you all that after potentially a quick word from our sponsor. If you're hearing this, you're probably a gamer. And for our kind, nothing is as precious and valuable as our save files. Have you ever experienced the loss of a save file? It's soul crushing. Dozens, maybe hundreds of hours of work. Gone like that. But at the end of the day, it's a video game. It matters, but... Or maybe not. I don't know. Maybe we don't have a sponsor this week. I never know how it works anymore. Anyway, what have I been playing over the last week or so? Uh, Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core. I can't remember if I mentioned last week that I finished it or if I finished it since I recorded last week's episode. But I have finished Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core. Really liked it. We'll be reviewing that in Expansion Pass in February. I started playing Marvel's Midnight Suns. Uh, It was on sale, so I finally decided to pull the trigger and pick it up. And uh, I'm really, really liking it. There's a little too much... Jibba jabba between the battles for my tastes right now, walking around the mansion, talking to every character, finding out about everybody's feelings and stuff. But the actual combat is fucking sick. It's from the people that made XCOM. And if you're a Marvel fan and an XCOM fan, uh it's it check it out it's i'm really really enjoying it frankly i don't think it's gonna get there but it's taking a last minute run in my game of the year for 2022 i don't think it's gonna get over the hump but it's 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 taking a shot at it uh and then obviously i've been playing haunting starring polter guy which is what we're gonna talk about right now as always i like to give you nerds a chance to sound off on the game we're talking about before my guest and i hog the spotlight this week it's just me but before we hog the spotlight and talk about it ourselves a town wrote in and said, so happy to see you covering this game. I've never met anyone else that knew of it, but I used to play it all the time when I was growing up. It gets pretty difficult at times, but it's an interesting and funny game. I actually managed to beat it once and I'd love to see it get a remake someday. I think it'd make a great remake too. I can't beat it. It's a hard fucking game, Uh, but I'd like to see it get another chance as well. Normal Normie wrote in and said, gotta love the MA13 rating. That's not still around, is it? No. How can it be a mature rating and then be 13 and up? that's fat because I would like, I saw that too and I was like what the fuck is ma 13 I don't know I've never anyways. Uh, no, I don't think it is. Bookerman102 said, wow, this one brings me back. We rented the hell out of this game back in the day. I have no idea if it was actually good or not, but I do remember having a lot of fun with it, especially in the first house or two of the game. Definitely very unique. See, and to me, that's what it comes to. If you had fun with it, then it was a good game. Doesn't matter about the rest. If you had fun, it was a good game. The Big Deal said, fuck yes. I discovered this game on the Sega channel back in the day and absolutely loved playing it. The animation was great with a bit of charm to it. So I had so much fun going around to the different rooms of the houses to see what I could interact with and what they could do such an underrated hidden gem that not enough people have heard of or played but I have so much nostalgia for it I agree minus the nostalgia and the Sega channel because I I have no nostalgia for those I do think it's a hidden gem and I do think it's frankly a bit of a tragedy that more people haven't played it and I hope that this podcast puts it in people's uh uh sites because it's a good game Biddy is the last comment this week Biddy said hey Adam I have been waiting for you to cover this one this is the game that prompted me to look into emulation what a hidden gem that no one seems to know about being raised on 80 slashers and tales from the crypt I have loved all things horror and spooky related for as long as I can remember naturally this game was right down my alley the controls are not great especially when we end up in that dungeon type thing admittedly it can get rather repetitive pretty quick but there's a certain feeling of rebelliousness that came along with sneaking around causing mischief that family and their over the top reactions were hilarious and to top it all off polter guy was one one cool cat. This is definitely a game where the memories and novelty outweigh the actual gameplay for me. But for someone who now has over 20 years of experience working in the haunted house industry, the ability to look back and see how that path may have started for me is priceless. There's a haunted house industry I'm not trying to be... I didn't know that. Wow, interesting. Uh, Well said, Biddy. Yeah, if you're a fan of the old 80s slashers and stuff, this game is a must-play. If you like just weird retro games, this game is a must-play, and it's not available anywhere. So this is one of those ones where I just give everybody carte blanche, no judgment, emulate the fuck out of it. I did. Um, It's the only way you're going to get to play it, and I hope more people do, and I hope this episode convinces you to. And it's time to talk about it. I'm going to queue up some haunting music And when it stops, Hogzilla and I are going to talk about why he loves this game so much. And then I'm going to share my full thoughts on Haunting, starring Poltergeist, which originally released on the Sega Genesis sometime in 1993. Enjoy the podcast, everybody. Let's go. All right. So as I'm sure that I've said during the infamous intro that is not yet recorded by the time I'm recording these words, this is one of our, uh, I got to come up with a word. We have the prestigious Patreon polls. I need something sultry sponsored episodes. I don't know. It's one of our sponsored episodes uh, where a Patreon of the show has stepped up and said, "Could fucking around, play my favorite game. And uh, this time it is longtime supporter of the show, Hogzilla. I love that fucking handle. I, I fucking love that, especially because it's not H-O-G. It's H-A-W-G. It's got that fucking woof to it. What's going on, man? How's it going?
1: It's going well, Adam. It's going well. I'm uh, happy to be here and, uh, you know, just ready to talk about some haunting.
0: I'm ready to talk about... <laughs> no, okay. This game is fucked because, I, listen, I'm not I'm not going to beat around the bush. A lot of people haven't heard of this game.
1: This is kind of, oh, yeah. uh, kind of a unique uh, game. It's in the weeds, that's for yeah,
0: sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I had heard of it because i've used it in some play one remake one erase ones and stuff before but i didn't really know anything about it until i finally when you sponsored it i finally sat down and play it this is a weird fucking video game so before we get into talking about the game or anything uh the fuck there's there's got to be three trillion video games out there why haunting starring polter guy i feel like i gotta throw the full title in there
1: why this yeah the, the the starring polter guy is uh, it should just be called haunting but i don't know why it is uh <laughs> yeah. um,
0: uh, yeah, you're right. I, I feel like they were uh, trying to make Polterguy into like a mascot. It just didn't work. I don't know.
1: I feel like they for sure, um, man. So I would uh, go to Blockbuster uh, every Friday and, um, you know, mom would let me get a game and I liked scary games yeah. and I saw on it, you know, I looked on the back, it, it looked interesting. And then it had the, the MA 13, uh, you know, logo on the sure. bottom for, you know, the, the ESRB which not very many Sega games had. And, you know, I was like, oh, this could be, you know, kind of violent and awesome. And it was one of the most unique, weird, cool experience games I've ever, ever played. It's, uh, it, there's nothing that I like it.
0: No, and it's so funny that it's got that mature rate because I'm like, it's not scary. Like, I mean, I like I get that. Like, it's like the you look at the box art and you're like, holy fuck, that looks terrifying. But like, it's more funny. I, I'm not going to put in the South Park Conker's Bad Fur Day level, but like this game is fucking hilarious.
1: It's it's super unique. And then there's like also some super violent scares that they just put with, you know, a lot of digitized blood for but back in the day. That was really not a thing very yeah. much, yeah, especially I, for Sega. Yeah, I and mean, there was, you know, obviously like Mortal Kombat, it's Waterhouse, but not every yeah. game had that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, I've never played Like if you've never played it like in 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 30 seconds or less, the basic concept is like you control Polter guy, this fucking green ghost, uh and he's like haunting this family. Uh and basically you just like the, the game is only four levels, and each of the four levels you go to a new house that this family has moved into, and you just have to scare the four members of the family enough that they all run out of the house screaming, and then you go to the next house and the next house and the next house. And like when I first started playing it, I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Because it's that literally is all it is—is is just you yeah, hopping into it. like. Do you, so I'll ask you then, like you said, you rented it because you thought it was scary. I'm I, I like it, so I don't want you to think that I'm like I'm dunking on your game here. I like it, but like, do you like this game? Like, what a I, weird
1: game. I do like it. I I I just like I think back in the day, you know, not knowing what all the little traps were gonna do was what kept me playing it.
0: Yeah. Um.
1: You know. And I, I tried to go to every room and get every trap, which is super hard to do because you the ectoplasm runs out way quicker than I think it needs to. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, and- like and, and like again, if you never played this game, like you have this finite amount of time. You have like yep. a timer that's your ectoplasm, and you have to use it to haunt items to scare the members of the family to run them out of the house. And every time you you you, you use an item or whatever, your your fucking plasma is always dropping.
1: Yeah, and it's it's never not dropping.
0: No, and it's constantly running out. And I actually want to agree with you on that. Like, I beat the first house the first time I played it. And I was like, this is easy. But now after a dozen or so attempts, I can't beat this fucking game.
1: No, I I have never been able to beat it. It's where I've got to the... And back in the day, I got to the final boss. and I could never beat the boss because your ectoplasm is constantly running out. Yeah. You have to go into the dungeon and get more stuff, more ecto, and not die in the dungeon and back to the boss and not die there. I'm just like, oh,
0: I don't, yeah. I never do it. Yeah. Every time you run out of plasm, you go to this like cave, this dungeon where you have to run around and pick up plasma. But while you're picking up plasma, everything's fucking attacking you and you're losing your health. And it's just like, it, it seems so easy. Like at first I was like, how do you die? And then I was like, oh, that's how, you, <laughs> that's how you fucking die. Cause I started dying a lot. Fuck me. Um, dude, one other, you know what maybe is the scariest thing about this game? It's from electronic arts
1: yeah that that also blows my mind that right DCS electronic arts made this super weird indie game uh i looked up the instruction mail beforehand and it actually has the pictures and the like a brief description of the developers of the game yeah like what they like to do in their pastime
0: <laughs> it's like weird as shit yeah it's so weird like it's back when fucking electronic arts was still like human yeah <laughs> and like yeah. nice <laughs> um yeah fucking i couldn't believe it when i saw this game with from EA. because like like i was to you off air this game plays like an indie game like i would like i i would pay 10 bucks for this as an indie game now
1: oh absolutely um, i mean it's i i would love to see a re- there's nothing like this i've ever played or ever no. seen Oh, no it's and if like, they redid I, it today it'd be awesome
0: yeah and i know a lot of people listening to this have not played it like thing is it's not even really that readily available it's on genesis and it's on the psp um i'll be straight up honest like i emulated this one like this is not an easy to find game but like this is gaming history this is something like i love when i find a retro game like this that's just like i've never played something like i can't even think of anything else that's like this
1: oh man it's 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 wild and you know i uh i bought i I broke down and bought it on a a, a cartridge
0: back in the day
1: and i still have my my original cartridge I bought off eBay probably like three years ago.
0: Uh, That (laughs) warms my heart. There's nothing (laughs) like picking up up. up. (laughs) physical copies of your old games is fucking money. Um, I wanted to ask you. So like the thing about it is you hide in these like you can like bring up the map of the house and you hide and then you scare the members of the family and their scare level goes up. And then as they get more scared, they become more likely to run out of the house. Is there like... I maybe you don't know either, but like I found no rhyme or reason as to where they would run. I'd get so frustrated sometimes because I'd keep scaring a member of the house, and instead of them running out the front door, they keep running back to the living room and back to the hallway, then back to the living room. And the whole time, my ectoplasm is fucking dripping down, and I'm like, just go out the fucking door. Like, it, it's I'm not saying it's bad, but like, am I? Stupid or is there is No, it just-
1: they're they're so like the, the best way to that I have found is you know there's four members of the family. There's the uh dad, the mom, the sister, and the, the brother. Yeah. You just have to hammer you can't you gotta fall one around and scare them in every
0: every yeah. room. You can't like go
1: from the mom to the son, you know, to the dad. And they it seems like they only run to like three or four rooms when the house is way bigger, which is kind of frustrating because you know, most of the traps I'd say probably 85% of the traps or scares are unique, which I thought was super awesome. Yes. As well.
0: I, I think by far that's the, like that's the sailing point of the game. And that's the Absolutely. most, the most admirable thing about it is like, if you've never played it, I was reading there's something like almost 400 different scares or something in this fucking game. And like, some of them are hilarious. Like yes. some of them are like, you know, you hide in a, picture and then they look at the picture and the picture moves and changes or whatever but like some of them like you can go into the tv where the news is on and then the news broadcaster comes to life and his head breaks through the top of the tv and he like fucking have you got okay i'll get into my favorites later have you got there's gotta be you have to have some there
1: for sure uh the toilet usually is hilarious to me it's like this little demon that crawls out of the toilet and then either (laughs) throws pieces of shit at you or eats it (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> that keeps the streak alive that's two weeks in a row that we've talked about something to do with shit or shitting your pants or something on the show so that's yes keep the streak alive i don't know how we're gonna do that next week but i'll figure that out then um that's your favorite you think the toilet that's
1: that's probably my favorite it's just super like random and funny and then there uh like there's uh the open that there's one where you open the car trunk and there's just like a bunch of body parts and this blood everywhere, which is, you know, would be terrifying in real life, but it's in, uh, uh, you know, eight bit or 16 bit, So it's yeah. very comical.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I, I actually really like the, the animations of the family too. Like when oh, they yeah? get scared. Oh, fuck me, man. Like, and like, and the, and the graphics are like, like, they almost look like, I, I mean, I, I don't know anything about PC gaming, but like, they almost look like old PC, like King's quest fucking graphics. Like blocky yeah. people, but it works.
1: It's like like whenever the the mom gets scared and her pants just fall down and she like looks at the camera with yeah, <laughs> they were there like <laughs> big ass black underwear. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like and like you can tell what everything is. You can tell what you're interacting with. It's got that like it's one of the first like isometric like that like so many games have that that view now from like the corner like the corner of the room like that Hades like I always called the Hades view now. Yeah, But, like, I don't remember a game before... I guess Snake Rattle and Roll maybe is the only other one I could think of that had that weird view back then. That was very unique. It's a very unique... It almost plays like a board game. Like, did you ever play 13 Dead End Drive? That's what this game reminded me of.
1: I never did, but it oh, sounds sounds it's pretty so badass. Stupid.
0: It's so stupid. <laughs> but that's what this game reminded me of. What a weird fucking game that you just... Like, that's it. There's no other enemies. The dog is a pain in the ass, but... The
1: dog is the entire, like, it'll make your ectoplasm go down more if it barks and if it like if you're in a main room and you're trying to scare that one person in that main room it'll just sit there and bark and bark and it'll cut your ectoplasm by like a third every time it barks that dog is a piece of shit
0: it is i love i'm literally scratching my dog's head molly as we record this uh i love dogs more than i like people but that dog is is the worst the fucking worst and he's like the only thing that can see you the people can't see you but the dog can
1: yeah yeah shit. and there's a there's a way in later levels where you can actually possess the people and scare the other people which i've never done but i read about
0: oh no shit oh yeah. my god because there's yeah. like magic can, spells and shit
1: yeah yeah there's Watch. you can get like a, a magic dog food so the dog will get distracted and then you can get like a pa- uh, package that'll like open up and will like explode in their face <laughs> to like really scare them
0: it's such a <laughs> Like, I know most of you listening are never going to play it. It's not readily available. It's not on anything. Look up, a, like, you can beat it in an hour. Like, there's, like, if you're good at it. Like, there's walkthroughs, there's playthroughs online where people have beaten it in an hour. Uh, I've probably put fucking 10 hours into it. It can't fucking beat it, but um, it's worth looking up. Like, it is, I, I. Dude, in 231 episodes of this show, it is among the most unique video games we've ever covered. It is fucking.
1: it's it's a super hidden gem uh, on the Sega It is. the the box art was cool and then you know the the MA13 whatever the recommendation was I was like there's not very many games that have this so I'm going to slide this one by my mom because she has no idea what it is (laughs) (laughs) no
0: man I I like I look up a lot of like when I do play one remake one erase one sometimes I'll pick a category and then I'll look up like you know scariest retro games and uh, this one always shows up and I've been intrigued by it ever since I started seeing it pop up on those lists and uh, like I don't know anyone that's played it and yeah it, I don't really either it's like uh, it... fucking wild like it's it's I'll go as far as to say it's probably one of the better EA games I've ever played not that that's saying much but uh fucking what a weird little game it, definitely a hidden gem look it up i'm gonna rant a bunch more about it here in a couple of minutes um before we score this thing dude like is there anything else like i think it's fucking hilarious but it's like, hilarious did we miss and anything
1: man like some of the scares are like if you really think you know let's say you're watching that and like you know some of the shower scenes like shower you jump in the shower and jump out there's like a dead body hanging with yeah. like blood everywhere or like a you know a, a hand gets cut off by a saw and like follows you around yes. and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so like there's three different types of scares. There's one that like you jump in and jump out and then the, the uh, like whatever object will shake and they go look at it. And then yeah, that's like a happen.
0: proximity mine. Like you set a trap yeah. and They go. Through. Yeah.
1: And there's one that's like interactive where like, you know, there's one where this, you know, frozen cat falls out of the freezer and then you follow the people around and try and scare them <laughs> as a frozen cat. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it's, it's it's awesome.
0: Yeah, it is, man. I like the ones where you can go into the floor, you go under yeah. like a throw rug, and then they walk by the throw rug, and then the corner pops up and there's like demons there looking up at them. Like, and my yeah. my favorite part is like they see them and they're like ah! and then they just go on with their day. And yeah. I was like, dude, if I saw that, I get the fuck out of this house. Like my TV yeah. is bleeding, and there's demons in the floor. I'm moving. Fuck this. Like, oh my god. Uh oh, fucking hilarious, man. It's um unique fucking video game but not when i first started playing it i thought i was gonna suck and then the more i got into it i was like this game oozes no pun intended because the ectoplasm but like this game just oozes charm it is a charming little fucking game
1: yeah and- i wish it was more available like you said you got to emulate it or you gotta i mean i i paid too much for my copy i mean is it's not right? like you're not gonna break the bank but it's it's around 100 it was like 100 bucks and i was like you know what this is nostalgia out the ass i have to i loved it as a child i have to i had to buy it
0: totally so. and i think that's an aftermind. <laughs> like that's just part of, of retro gaming in the 90s almost everyone listening to this game, this podcast that grew up in the 90s everyone's got at least one like freak game like one weird game that they feel like they're the only one that played because people message me about them all the time they're like no one's ever heard of this game have you and i'm like no like i have them too <laughs> Uh, and you're like, when you decide you want to retract them down and buy them, you're like, I'll pay whatever it costs, because it's like, and, they, and the reason they're expensive is not because necessarily they're good, but because no one else fucking owned it. There's only yeah. like 20 copies of it in the fucking world.
1: Yeah, so. I, I mean, like, you know, I no one... I know has ever played this. And I figured that you would never play this game. So no. I was like, I got to sponsor an episode.
0: Yeah. I, I, I'm like, I, I don't, I don't mean to be like, I held this game hostage, but I can assure you this game was never getting an episode of the show otherwise. Cause I'd never, I, I probably never would have fucking played. I'm glad I did though. I like someday soon. I'm going to rank my 10 favorite Genesis games and I'm not hundred percent convinced this will make the top 10, but it's going to contend for it because Ooh,
1: all right. okay. this game is
0: charming as fuck, man. It is fucking hilarious. Fucking hilarious. <laughs>
1: Yeah, when they like piss their pants, and then oh, they just or and the the kids' uh, head explodes like a, a volcano yeah. whenever he sees something.
0: <laughs> the daughter freaks out, and her pigtails shoot in the air with lightning in between. And it's like, what the fuck? And then every time you chase him out of the house, polter guy just dances to this like weird yeah. rock grunge fucking music. It's... And he
1: spikes his head after. Yeah, he spikes ended. his head
0: like a football. What a stupid game. This would have been a good like, I guess maybe Beetlejuice, but like this would have been a good like cartoon show back in the day.
1: Oh man. Yeah. But it's yeah, got, it sure. has
0: Beetlejuice vibes. It's got Beetlejuice vibes big time. So
1: it really does. It really um,
0: does. You said uh, now, and I, when, before we started recording, I said, if you can come up with a great a scale, the the floor is yours. If not, I can think of something. And your exact words were like, I've been thinking about this, which I yes. respect, you know, the rules. So <laughs> the floor is yours. How are we scoring this fucking thing? I was like, either he, either he disconnected or he's just stalling for like drama. You now we're like, back. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. I was like, we, I, I lost him here for a minute. And I was like, either I lost you or you're just like really dragging out the scale you fucking came up with. Um, uh, it's, what do you got?
1: It's uh, it's not a super high scale, but it's there's four houses. There's five people if you're including a dog. So yeah. one out of nine.
0: I like it. That's not, that's too logical for this fucking show. Um, I like it. Okay, I'm going to reveal my score uh, after I've done rambling about this fucking weird ass game for a fucking half an hour. But what are, you, what are you giving this game out of nine? I'm still it's going high if you're fucking... I, I am.
1: I'm going to give it an eight, an eight out of nine. Um, the ectoplasm uh, going too quick is, is a, a pretty big dock. Um, yeah. It's like if you're not knowing what to do and you're like, you know, the dog's barking, you can get stuck in a house for a long time. A long...
0: And, and, yeah, you can. A long And time. there's
1: no uh, no password system. So if you die in the dungeon... Which the dungeons can get pretty tricky with those arms, yeah, you know, grabbing you and, and hurting your health. Yeah. You go back to start. There's like no this... starting oh, at fuck. the uh at the same like if you get to the third house and die at third house, you don't start over at the third house. I know you start over I was, at the first
0: house. I was livid when I fucking died And <laughs> because the thing is is like I assume in, in theory you could play forever. As long as you can keep going into the dungeons, picking up the ecto and not taking enough damage to die. Like you could yeah. just there's infinite lives until you run out of that, you know, that health at one time and then it's over. But no, I agree. Like, but at the same time, I think without that, it would have been too short a game. People would have beat it in like a day, and then, you know, would have gotten mad at it. And fucking, I'm sure if they re released it now, they EA would fucking charge you like nine ninety nine per ectoplasm drop or fucking something like that to buy. For it.
1: every new scare, it's a tw- it's twenty dollars. Yeah, ex- uh, dude,
0: it would totally work as a mobile <laughs> game by EA today because they'd be like, want to keep playing? Buy three fucking ectos or whatever. Anyway, um, so out of nine, all right, eight out of nine. That's a good fucking score. Yeah, man. Um, it's
1: uh it's it's close to my heart so you know nostalgia is definitely going to bump it up uh but the ectoplasm uh going too quick and uh having to start back over every time you die at the very first house and then you know it, the traps get repetitive at the first house because you want to see the new traps yeah so it's uh it sucks going back to the first house i probably yeah, played the does. first house a hundred times if i had yeah. to guess my at- last time
0: after two or three runs through the first house you're like i fucking hate this goddamn house like i'm scared of this house i just want to get out of here um well listen man i appreciate you sponsoring this episode and as always i like to give people a chance to plug literally anything that they want uh on the show so the, the world is listening there's there's hundreds of thousands of nerds listening to you right now so don't fuck this up but what do you got oh. going on where can people find your uh, your your uh, shenanigans
1: So we we have a podcast called Drunk Arcade. Uh, It's a podcast that me and uh, a buddy of mine called Dutch do. So Hogzilla and Dutch. And um, we talk about nerd zeitgeist stuff. We review a brewery uh, that we pick. We drink the other beers, talk about them, give our honest opinions. Uh, You know, if it's it's shit or if we really like it, we rate those. And then we talk about sports. So it's kind of the, the trifecta that we really didn't think there was anything out there like that. And so it's okay. called Drunk Arcade. It's on Spotify, uh, you know, Apple, I, uh, Apple and all the podcasts of your choice. It's uh, it's available.
0: I like it That's a good idea for a show. I'm like, I'm a big fan of craft beers myself. So that's fucking that's tight. Uh, so look it up. Drunk Arcade. And assuming Hogzilla remembers to send me his info between now and Tuesday when I edit this episode. Uh you'll be able to find the information in the description of this podcast as well. So don't forget to fucking send me that. I'll message uh, I will myself. not, man. So, um awesome dude. It was fucking great meeting you and it was uh, this uh, Thanks for introducing me. I love discovering weird little hidden gems like this. I never would have found this game without this show and without you. Uh so thank you for turning me on to Haunting. This is a pretty dope little video game.
1: Yeah, man. I'm uh, I'm glad you liked it. I figured you'd either really like it or or really take a shit on it but i'm oh, no. glad you did <laughs> no no not at, oh no and if
0: i hated it you fucking know no i, I there's a couple of things i hate but i'll get into those here in just a minute thanks for doing this buddy i appreciate it
1: yeah man absolutely thank you so much
0: That song reminds me of the the brown noise from. Does anyone remember? That's an old fucking South Park pool right there. The, the the noise that's so low that it makes you crap your pants. I I don't know. Maybe I'm just an immature piece of shit. Nobody else remembers that. But anyways, uh, yeah. What a weird fucking game. Like if you haven't caught that just by now. This is a different episode of Remember the Game than normal, because usually we record the game chat way in advance, and then if I have a guest, like a sponsor like that, we do that chat, and then I do the intro before it. But this week, I've kind of pieced all these together, and I'm actually doing this... As I edit the episode this week. So I just recorded the infamous intro about 10 minutes ago. Then I pieced in the conversation between me and, and the Zilla of Hog. And now by myself. It's a weird episode. Uh, but a weird game. It feels like it makes sense. Yeah. If you haven't gotten that impression from everything we said during the intro and my conversation with Hog. This is one of the weirdest fucking video games I've ever played. And I know a lot of you probably haven't played it. I get it. But I really do recommend looking it up if you like either A uh classic 80s horror movies and you know that kind of stuff tales from the crypt etc B, weird old retro games or see if you're just a genesis fan because like i this is one of those games that like had i if i had owned a genesis as a kid and my parents had got me this game i would have played the fuck out of this as a kid and quite enjoyed it like is it the best genesis game i've ever played no but to me like if you're not how do you say this if you're not gonna be the same Like, if you're not going to do what other people do really well, then just do something completely off the wall. And this game is not perfect. I have some major fucking gripes. One in particular with this game. I don't think there's a mountain of replay value. I think once you've seen most of the animations when it comes to scaring the four members of the house and you see their animations of getting scared and running away, kind of, you know, it, it could run its course. Um... But it's just, it's just, it's fun to do something different, you know? It's fun to do something that's not a platformer or a shooter or whatever. So, like, we've already explained. And the basic premise of the game is you play as this dude that looks like Beetlejuice. And you start out at the first level. It's like a, a nice, I mean, it doesn't matter. But it's, basically, it's like, a, my understanding, the story of the game is that the the Polter guy died working for the dad of this family. And he looks like the classic fucking, you know, cartoon like rich villain guy. He's got the pinstripe suit and the slick back hair and the cigar. And then he's got like the snooty stuck up, you know, fucking bitchy wife. And then the annoying dipshit kids that are spoiled rotten. And they're just pains in the ass. And you start out the first level, they're moving into this house and Paul, Poulter guy just wants to fuck with them. And it's the first time I sat down and played it. I was like, is that really all it is? Because they can't see you. There's no... The dog shows up in later levels and the, the family dog can see you and so he'll bark at you and bite at you and take away from your health bar which is your, your ectoplasm energy meter at the bottom of the screen that's constantly going down. Uh, it just never stops. Like think... Um, Adventure Island. The way your health never actually stops going down at Adventure Island. That's what your ectoplasm is like in this game. But you start the first level. They move into this house. And then at any time, you just hit pause. And again, I got to play with that Genesis controller. I fucking love the Genesis controller. You hit pause and you just bring up like a basic... uh, like floor plan of the house, I guess you'd call it. And you can see which room each of the four family members is in. And then you just have to follow them. You go to one of the rooms and then you can like, dude, it's fucking, it's really remarkable how many things in the room that you're in, you can interact with. It's fucking insane. Like you can, just about everything including sometimes just the wall or just the floor where there's not even anything you can interact with everything and they have one of three colors of like little flashing stars on them and it's either blue which as we explained means you can basically set a proximity mine. you hop into you, you, you when you when you click it you go up to it you push a and guy like jumps into it and then you push a again and guy jumps out and then whatever you jumped in and out of just starts starts think Ghostbusters too. She's twitching. It starts twitching. And usually it'll it'll lure uh, whatever member of the family is in that room over to it to see what the fuck is going on. And then it'll do something to scare them. And some of them are like really basic. You can hop in and out of like a like what I'm thinking of is a painting of a ship like in the on the sea and you hop in and out. And then when they walk over and look at the painting, uh, lightning flashes and the water moves and the boat moves in the painting for a minute. And, uh, and they start to get scared. Each of the four family members have like a fear level. And it's like low, medium, high, or really high or something like that. And um, I I don't entirely understand, but I think the various levels of scares, like the, there's the blue, there's green, and there's like an orange one. And each of them, uh, the, the higher up they are, the more they impact. Like the blue ones are the basic... Uh, they're the pawns on the chessboard. You hop in, you hop out. It triggers the trap. They'll come over look at it. They'll get a little bit scared. And then I, I always get the other two mixed up. I think Orange is one where you go in and then when you hop out it triggers automatically. So if the family member is close to it, it'll be a bigger scare. One of the examples of that is like you can hop into like a carpet on the floor and then jump out and then the corner of the carpet will peel back and there's like demon eyes staring up at them from in the floor. And if they see it then they get even more scared. And then the green ones are the ones you can interact with. And like one of them is you can hop into a model plane in like the the son's room like a model plane that's hanging off of the the roof the ceiling and you hop into it. And then you, uh, there's no waiting. As soon as you hop in, it triggers it, but you hop in and then you can actually control the plane and fly around the room and fly around scaring this kid. And, Uh, every time you scare them, their, their scare level goes up and eventually they'll get scared enough that they'll run out of the room and they'll run to another room in the house. And now the whole time that you're doing this, your ectoplasm energy, your health bar is going down. So when they run out of the room, they drop some ectoplasm every location you scared them in that room. And so in the early going, when you first go into a room and you find a member of the family, and maybe my strategy is completely wrong. Cause again, I can't beat the game, but you go into a room where the family members got no fear at all, uh, start hitting them with the blue scare just over and over and over and over and over. Cause they're quick hop in, hop out. They'll just be like, you know, you go to like the teenage son's room and you, you haunt his bed frame. Then you haunt the poster on the wall. Then you haunt the closet door. Then you haunt, he's got like a, a rat in a cage and you haunt that. Um, and after four or five, he'll run out of the room scared. But then you can walk around the room after he's gone and pick up all the different goo. And then you follow him, and uh, and now he's in another room. And then you start triggering more scares there. And eventually, you'll get their scare level up to like really high. as what I think it says, like the fourth level of scared. And uh, the higher their their scare level is, the quicker they'll run out of the room. And the object of the game is to try to get them to run out the door of the house. And I and I don't quote me, but I I think. If they're in a room with an exit, because usually the the houses have multiple exits, there's two or three doors that lead out of the house, and the rest of the doors in each room or hallway lead into more rooms or doors or more rooms or halls in the the house. If they're in a room or hallway where there's a door that'll take them out to the street, and you set them to really high and scare them enough that they run away, they'll go out the door to the street. And once they're out the door to the street, they're gone. You don't have to deal with them anymore. Then you pause the game, look at the menu or the map, find the next family member, go there, and start it all over again. And uh, again, that's all. All that, and like at its most basic premise, that's it. All it is is you have to scare the four family members enough that they all... Once you've scared all four of them to the point where they've all ran out of the house, then they move to another house. And Poltergeist, being the piece of shit that he is, follows them to the new house and scares them all over again. And you just do it over and over. And it... I guess one of my... like My major complaint with this game and... This might just be me sucking at being a ghost. Like Maybe maybe when I die, I'm going to be a really bad ghost, and I'm not going to be able to scare anybody. And I want you all to know, too, I am going to fucking haunt the shit out of some of you. And I'm not going to tell you who you are, but yeah. like If I ever die, let's say I die in, in 15 years, and you find out like, oh my God, you remember that guy that used to host that shitty retro video game podcast? He's dead now. Well, if all of a sudden there's just somebody like, your room just smells like farts all the time, And all your bananas seem to have one bite out of them. uh, That's me. And I'm haunting you, and you fucking deserve it. But you won't know who it is until after I'm dead. But, anyways, uh, maybe I'm just not good at scaring people. But one of my major, my majorists, my biggest gripe with this game is that, like, there doesn't seem to be any method to the madness of where they go when you scare them. And maybe I'm wrong in that. But what I mean is, like, say so in the first level the girl the daughter is in her bedroom that's usually where you start scaring her and then once you get her scared level up enough that she runs out of the room she can either go into the bathroom or she can go out into the hallway or the living room i think the living room pardon me um and now neither of those rooms have an exit out of the house the bathroom you can either go back into the girl's bedroom or you can go through it into the boy's room the son's room and his room has an exit out of the house Or she goes out into the living room and then there's like two or three exits from there, but none of them actually go out of the house. And what I found frustrating is that you need to get them out of the house as fast as humanly possible because you're on this constantly... Like, even if you pick up all the ectoplasm from scaring them all, because it costs you some ectoplasm to use all these traps and everything. um, You're... you're, I don't know if you ever fill up your ectoplasm back to where it was. Like, you're always going to be lower than you were when you came in, or 99% of the time, at least. Your your health bar is going to be lower than when you came in. You might replenish some of the ectoplasm you wasted in that room trying to scare them, but you won't get it all back. And so you're on a, you're in a race against the clock. That's what the challenge of the game is, is you need to get all four of them out before you run a... And I'll explain what happens when you run out of the ectoplasm in a minute, because I actually really like this part. But the problem is, they just seem to randomly run out of doors. And I ran into situations where I would have them at their maximum fear level and I would do every, I would fucking use the, I would, cause you can use the door frames as one of the, like you can like go into the door frame and then the door frame kind of, um, uh, like morphs into almost like a, a perch with like a gargoyle on top and, and that scares them. And I would use that. And do that on the door frames that I didn't want them to go through. To try to force them to go the other way toward the exit of the house. And they would see me as the gargoyle perching on these doors. They'd get terrified. And then they'd run through that door into a room that's further back in the house. And every time they do that, you're like fuck, because now I need to follow them back into the deeper parts of the house, try to get them back out to the hallways that I then need to get them to go out of the other side of to go into the rooms that then lead to the exits. Do you know what I mean? Like, sometimes you need to force them to two, three, or four rooms to get them into a room that has an exit out to the street. And then once you get them into the room with the exit out to the street, you're just praying that you scare them to the point where they go out the door to the street as opposed to back into the house. And maybe there's like a strategy to it that I couldn't figure out, but that was... At first, that didn't even bother me because the scares really are the name of the... Like, the scares steal the show. The scares are fucking hilarious. And and they're... We'll get, I'll get more into the animations in a minute, some of my favorite animations, because they're fucking awesome. But after a while, you just start getting frustrated because you can see, you're like, I still have to get the mom... And the sun out of this fucking house. I'm at like 25% ectoplasm. And every fucking time I put the run on one of these two. They're just running back and forth. From the bedroom to the living room. From the bedroom to the living room. From the bedroom to the the living room. And it's like. For the love of Christ. Go out the other door of the living room. That takes you into the kitchen. Where there's a door to the backyard. Where I can try to get you out of this fucking house. And if there's a strategy to it. I couldn't figure out what the fuck it was. And it just. Oh my god. It started to just wear on my fucking patience. But. That said. I still really enjoyed it. And I think. I mean, maybe after a while you would hit a point where you're like, I don't give a fuck about the scares. I actually want to beat the game. Every time I played it, I wanted to beat it, but I was just having a really good time scaring the shit out of these people. Uh, Because the fucking animations of the scares are fucking hilarious. And I'm going to get into those in just a second. But first, hopefully this doesn't scare you. I'm going to pause for potentially just a quick word from a sponsor. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Podcasting is a weird job because I talk to you nerds all the time. Every day, I tell you all about my life, the good and the bad. The ugly, I kind of keep that offline. And it's not that I don't want to talk about it. I'd love to talk about it. I just need to pick and choose. Who I talk to. We all have stuff that just lives in our minds. Rent free. 24-7. Talking about them can really help. Because the longer you keep something bottled up. The more likely it is to blow. You've heard me say it before. And you're going to keep hearing me say it. Therapy is the way. Therapists can be that ear to bend. When you really need to get something off your chest. And don't know who to talk to. And better help is a great way to go about it. Or maybe I scared them all away. Hopefully there was a sponsor in there. Anyway, yeah, the scares really are the focus of the game. And uh, I think that the developers, and I don't think it was a big developer team, like Hogzilla mentioned, they actually talk about the game developers in the manual to the game, which is fucking weird. And credit given to EA, like we all dunk on EA now, deservedly so, the greasy motherfuckers. But this is back in like, this is NHL 94 EA. This was good. This is good, happy EA. This is not scary EA. And uh, I think they deserve a lot of credit for going as far as they did with all these scare animations because the graphic style of the game really does look old. Like it doesn't, like, I, listen, I have never hidden the fact that I admire the way some Genesis games look. I think the Sonic games look great. Streets of Rage is fucking fire. Uh, Toe jam & Earl looks good. Gunstar Heroes is gorgeous. Echo, much as I hate Echo the Dolphin, I'll never deny the game looks spectacular. This game looks older than the Sega Genesis this looks like a PC game like if I didn't know what this was from and I'm not dunking on this is not me slagging PC like normal I would guess this is like an old PC like a King's Quest style game everyone's made of blocks and it's really primitive looking it's got that isometric view the but but I will say like what they're able to do with these graphics and to make all the scare I mean it's very rare you can't tell what this scare is and some of these scares are fucking hilarious like I mentioned when I was talking to It's a hog. You can hop into like, there's a TV where like the news is on and you hop into the TV and then the news broadcaster like breaks through the TV Uh, you open the fridge and like a fucking skeleton head comes flying out and starts floating around the screen you can haunt a flower pot and a bunch of giant hornets will come out of the flower pot and start chasing them around there's like trophy cases that you go into and then they just start dripping blood you can turn couch or like tablecloths into blood demons come out of the fridge uh, or out of the floor you can turn record players into these giant scary robots you can turn a guitar into a snake like the top I don't know is it called the neck I'm sorry musicians I don't know what the technical term of a guitar is but the long part with the little twisty things at the top and the twisty things that turns into like a snake head and crawls toward it like there's i think the it says something like there's 300 some different animations and and i will like if it was the same 20 scare animations i don't think this game would work i think it would get old too fast you'd be because as it is it does start to get old going from house to house and just trying to chase these four people out of them but but what kept me playing and kept me interested was always wondering like, Oh dude, like I can't wait to get to the next house so I can find some new items that I can use to fucking scare these people with. I can go to the, you know, there's a table saw in the garage where you cut off your arm and it's idle hands. And this fucking arm is chasing the dad around the ground. Like it's really, the scare animations are really funny and not only are the scares funny, but the, the people's reactions to being scared are maybe even better you know like uh like we mentioned there's one where like the dad jumps out of his pants and he's got like the classic white boxers with the hearts on them and he like freaks out and then he pulls his pants up. You know, the mom will freak out and it looks like she's wearing like a red dress, but I guess it's like a skirt and a blouse because her skirt will fall down and then she'll pull it up. She's got a wig that flies off her head and then it turns out she's bald and then she will like pull her wig back down. All of them will like stand there shaking their knees and they'll piss their pants and the floral, you know, get covered in pee and then they'll run off. The daughter has these two pigtails that shoot up in the air and lightning bolts bounce in between them and like she looks like she's being electrocuted. Uh, the scares themselves are fucking hilarious. And then after a while, they panic and they start running away. So that's the basic gist of the game. All it is is you go from house to house trying to scare these four people enough to get them to run out of the house. And if you're thinking, well, that sounds really easy. I thought so too because I beat the first house the first time I played it and didn't really have any difficulty. And I was like, well, this isn't that hard. Uh, But that ectoplasm meter is constantly on its own ticking down again think adventure island I think that's a great comparison is the health in adventure island and then on top of that once you get to the second level the family's dog can see you none of them can see you but the dog can so the dog's always barking when it finds you and following you around and when it's barking at you and fucking trying to bite you and your goddamn health is dripping down plus these fucking weird beetlejuice looking head things show up and they want to eat the ectoplasm that the people drop when they run out of the room for being scared and so then you're competing with them to pick up your ectoplasm and they can hurt you and take away more of your ecto and you can kick them but fucked if i can land the kicks i and that's my other complaint is the i think the game the controls when it comes to just hopping in and out of stuff and scaring the family work great and are a lot of fun the controls for everything else are fucking shit there's they are they're like clearly 75% of this game went into designing the scares because the controls are fucking ass. Trying to land this kick on these fucking zombie head things that are trying to eat your ectoplasm isn't even worth your trouble. I just eat the ectoplasm I'm close to and get the fuck out of the room and don't bother dealing with them. Uh there is a boss at the end of the game, um, which apparently is also very difficult to hit. I've never gotten to them, so I can't deal with that. Uh and then there's the dungeons, which is the other half of the game, the under the house kind of I assume halfway to hell. Uh, fucking dungeons. And you go there, every time you run out of ectoplasm up in the main house, which is your, your health, you get dropped into this dungeon. And it's still the isometric view and they look really cool. Uh, and what you have to do is just pick up, ectoplasm will be dripping from the the, the ceiling and you just have to make your way through this dungeon, jumping up and down off. There's no, like, you can fall into, a, like, holes will open up because there's tons of things in these dungeons trying to hurt you. There's caskets that open up and bats come flying out. There's hands that punch their way through the wall and reach out, try to grab you. Holes open up in the ground and try to suck you in. There's all kinds of things that can hurt you. Uh, there's no way to, f- like, fail from platforming. But, like, when when uh, polter guy jumps... He doesn't just jump like Mario. He does like a fucking full-blown like trying to dive for the end zone, end zone like jump and uh, it can be really frustrating because sometimes you have to jump up a level or down a level and it can be really easy to miss those jumps because you can't jump standing up against it or you won't make it. You have to be far enough back that Poltergeist can get his jump off but if you're too far back, he won't make it up there and he'll fall short and then you have to and while you're trying to pick up this ectoplasm, it's constantly disappearing. It falls from the ceiling, you have a few seconds to pick it up and then it disappears. Um, and you have to pick up enough of it walking through this dungeon that eventually you'll trigger uh, like an animation that'll open a door and and if you can pick up enough of the ectoplasm basically the game continues it gives you back a full bar of health sends you back up to the house and you can keep going and then you keep going trying to scare them out of the house while your ectoplasm runs down and every time it hits zero you get sent back down to this dungeon where you have to go around and pick up a bunch more ectoplasm without running out of health and while you're in the dungeon you have a separate health bar it's not your ectoplasm there's a portrait a poltergeist and as you take damage the portrait gets smaller and smaller and smaller and it never as far as i can sell it doesn't really fill back up we talked about that a little bit too so like say you go down the first time you run out of vectoplasm and you will Say the first time you run out of ectoplasm, you go down to the dungeon, you get hit three times and your portrait shrinks by like 25%. Then you pick up enough ectoplasm, go back out to the house, scare a couple of people. Say you scare them all out, you get sent to the second house, then you run out of ectoplasm you sent back to the dungeon. You're already missing that 25% of your portrait and as you go on in the game, the dungeons are getting harder and you're trying not to take damage while also trying to pick up enough ectoplasm to fill up your meter to get sent back up to the house. And that's where you get game overs. I don't think you can get a game over up in the the main world in the real world in the house scaring people where you get game over it is constantly running out of your ectoplasm getting sent down to the dungeon getting hit by everything in the dungeon and you will get hit again that's the other big complaint is that it just doesn't control well it's really really slippery it works when you're up in the main house and nothing can really hurt you and you're trying to scare these people but when you're trying to avoid enemies and do a little bit of semi-precise platforming and pick up stuff it's, it's like the worst ice level you've ever played on and it's hard to tell where the collision comes in and where you're going to take damage and it can be really frustrating and uh eventually you'll you'll probably run out of health down there in that dungeon and when you run out of health in that dungeon that's game over and like hogzilla mentioned no continues no lives no password system it's only four levels and then the final boss against the the dog uh but those levels can take a long time and it can be really frustrating. Like I got to level three once That's the furthest I've gotten is house three. Then I died. And then instantly boom, boom title screen. You're back in house one and you're back to the slow process of scaring these people and get them out of the house again. And what does kind of suck and does get old is that once you've played, because you had to play that first house every time you play the game, you know, all the scares inside and out there's no surprise left. It's kind of just going through the motions. Do you know what I mean? And it's not like a, a Sonic where you're like, oh, I got game overed back to Green Hill Zone, but I love Green Hill Zone. Let's go have some fun. Once you know all the scares, the houses kind of become less fun. Uh, unless you're trying to speed run it, I guess. So after I, like when I game over on that third level, I, I was a little bit perturbed. And I was like, all right, well, you can go fuck yourself then. I'm done with this. Um, yeah, so that I guess that's my other big complaint. And then in addition to uh having to bring yourself back to life every time you go into the dungeon uh there's like magic spells down there that you can pick up and I didn't really use them too often and maybe that's why I can't beat the game some of the spells are really cool you can do like a mega scare that'll instantly fill them up to like really high scare level and chase them away you can do one where you uh I think fill up your ectoplasm automatically you can do one where you put down a bowl of dog food and then the dog is interested in the food so then he leaves you the fuck alone and maybe that's part of the reason I couldn't beat the game and maybe I need to get better uh, maybe I just kind of suck and I just need more practice to figure out how to use those spells better I don't know but um, even those like you only start the game with one or two and then the rest of them you have to pick up down there in the dungeon and they fall from the dungeon roof or ceiling like the ectoplasm does but you only got like a half second to get to them and pick them up before they're fucking they disappear so fast and you're trying to go fast but then when you try to go fast these stupid fucking hands punch through the wall and grab you and fuck you up and cost you all your fucking health and stupid fucking stupid a fucking a game uh so I, I don't know anyway that's really all the game is like i i, I said to hog this isn't going to be a long episode because there's just really nothing else to it you just go from level one to level two to level three to level four trying to scare these people out of the house but but all that said i i do think like i said it's a very blocky looking game but the graphic style works uh you can tell what everything is it's very entertaining to look at pretty charming little game to play i enjoyed it i'm i'm shocked that it hasn't been re The only time it's been re-released that I can tell is uh, an EA collection on the PSP, I think. In like 2006. And uh, I'm floored that I'm like, dude, like EA's got it sitting here. Fucking call up Nintendo and be like, yo, put it on Nintendo Switch Online. Genesis, give us like three bucks a month. We don't care. It's just sitting here. Remake it. Re-release it. Do something. Release it as a, it'd be a good phone game. I think it'd make a great phone game actually. Like for tapping like at the touch screen, I think it would work really really well. I'd love to see it remade with some better graphics and stuff. I I don't know if they had high hopes of it catching on or not, but I I'm kind of I feel like a polter guy is a funny enough mascot and it's a charming enough game that it could have caught on. And I think the reason we didn't get more out of it is that first of all, as you've heard from the comments, not a lot of people played this game. Uh which is really too bad. And secondly, I It's pretty shallow. It's fun, but like, it doesn't have the replay value of any of the games I've already mentioned. You know, Toe Jam and Earl, Sonic, Streets of Rage, Gunstar Heroes, Shinobi, you know, some of my favorite Sega Genesis games of all time. Uh, This doesn't have the replay value of it. Once you know all the scares, it, it frankly can get It can get kind of boring. Like, this isn't the type of game you're going to sink 60 hours into. As a kid, dude, this is one of those games that, like, if I had rented this game as a kid, I would have played the fuck out of this. And my brother and I would have just fucking laughed and laughed and laughed because the scares are so funny. But as an adult now, like, I played it. I probably played it a dozen times. I probably put a good 10 hours into this game. And it was fun, but I was like, I don't want to play that fucking first house again. Like, and I guess I could use save states, but, like... It could have really used a password system. You know, like, it's got a high score thing, but like all the old games, the high score resets every time the game resets and stuff. It could have used something because there's just, that first house becomes so tedious. And it's not like, you know, the first level of Mario or Sonic that you can run through in 30 seconds because you know it. It can still take you 10 or 15 minutes to get these four people out if they won't cooperate, won't run the right fucking way. And that can get really goddamn annoying. So, uh, controllers are kind of weird. It's a little slow, gets repetitive, but it's charming as fuck. It's and like and not only is it charming, it's really, really creative. It's like this plays like an indie game today, you know, where they are like, let's go outside of the box and let's try something completely different. And I, even when it's a game I don't love. I really like it when games try to do something different. And this game does. And it's going to get bonus points out of me for that. Because I respect any game that just tries to think outside of the box a little bit. So very funky little game. If you're never going to play it. And you've heard this and you're fascinated. There's quite a few Let's Plays of it on YouTube. Most people can beat it in about an hour. Uh, So you can see the whole game pretty quickly. If you want to see what it's all about. I recommend looking it up. You don't need to watch the full hour. Look it up. This This is a hidden gem on the Sega Genesis. And I... I, like, it is a deep, deeply, deeply hidden. And, uh, and that's too bad because it's a really fun little game. If I was going to score it, uh, Hogzilla said our scale was at a nine. I'd probably give it about a, like, I want to give it a seven, but that just feels too, I'm going to give it a six. Like, it's better than, it's better than bad. Uh, it's good. It's clever. It's funny. The first time you play it, it'll charm the fucking socks off of you. But minimal replay, uh, I'm glad I didn't go out and spend, you know. No offense, Hog, because I know you did. I'm glad I didn't go out and buy like a physical car. Co- because like, I don't think I'd want to play it that often. Uh, but I'm glad I experienced it. Fucking uh, neat. I can't think of another game like it. I can't think of another video game that I've played that's like this. I, I I swear to God, this game is Beetlejuice. And they were just like, well, we can't get the rights to Beetlejuice. So let's just invent our own character. So look it up. You'll see what I'm talking about. Really fun little game. I am, uh, I'm going to queue up some tunes here. And when they stop, uh, I'm going to say my thank yous and uh, shout out to Patreons and uh, get out of here. Massive shout out to Haunting Starring Polter Guy. Funky, funky little game from an era where EA wasn't scary. And that's going to do it for this week's episode. Hogzilla, thank you so much for your generosity and for supporting the show and for turning me on. <laughs> You're quite good at turning me on. Thank you for turning me on to ha- uh, to Haunting. Starring Poltergeist. What a funky little, what a weird fucking... If we ever do an expansion pass about the 10 weirdest games I've ever played, I, I have zero doubt in my mind this is in the top five. What a weird fucking game. But I'm glad I tried it. I love discovering new retro games games i never played i that's my favorite thing about this podcast so thank you so much for your sponsorship and your support your generosity i very much appreciate it and as we talked about uh when i was talking to hogzilla do not forget to check out drunk arcade hogzilla's podcast you can find it on spotify and all that good stuff the description uh, of this podcast will contain the information about it as well if you're interested and uh give them a check or give them a chance and thank you so much for giving us a chance that would have been smoother if I'd nailed it, but that's what I was trying to say. Whether this is your first Remember the Game or your 231st Remember the Game, I really do appreciate the download, the listen, the support. We crossed 2 million lifetime downloads this morning, uh, Thursday, Tuesday, January 10th, as I record this. 2 million. Fucking insane. So um, thank you very much. If you enjoyed it, if you if you like these, maybe leave us a nice review. I don't know what they accomplished, but the good podcast hosts ask for them, so I'm going to fucking ask for them as well. And if you want more of these, ha <laughs> there's lots of them. Go to patreon.com slash rememberthegame, two bucks a month. Gets you instant access to hundreds of bonus podcasts with new episodes every fucking, two additional podcasts every week, three additional podcasts every week. If you're at the $5 level, two additional podcasts a week at the $2 level. And if you're curious what those additional podcasts are, go to rememberthegamepodcast.com. I've published a full list of every episode of expansion pass that's waiting for you uh over there in the archives so yeah there you go i will be back tomorrow for all patreons with expansion pass number 145 i think which will be our new year's gaming resolutions that should be a good time i'll be back on thursday with game patch 122.0 where i'll talk about all the biggest news in the world of video games and i'll be back a week from today with remember the game 232 which is going to be about mario golf toadstool tour for the nintendo gamecube an absolute gem i Fucking love that game. I actually been streaming that game. So if you go to twitch.tv slash the game, there's still some replays, I think, of it over there. Uh, what a... Oh, fuck yeah. I'm excited about that. I'm going to thank some Patreons and get out of here and give my poor vocal cords a rest. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'll talk to you the next time I'm sitting in front of my microphone. Cheers. Goodbye. Remember the Game is brought to you by our Patreons. I could not puke up all the content I turn out every week without all of your support. The following people are at the Senior Executive Vice President level or higher at patreon.com slash rememberthegame. And as such, I'm contractually obligated to ramble through their names as quickly as possible. Uh, so this week we're going reverse alphabetical order. A huge thank you to... Zonko, 504, Zane Donovan, Zamatos, Zach Shepard, Zach Coiner, Wyatt the Surgeon Who's Not a Surgeon, Ro, Wolf Wolfmagic21, Wolfgang, Darren, West Gen, Welsh Destroyer, Works for Me, Tyler Bauer, Tunable Power, Tristan Anderson, Triple, Trevor McKee, Tonebone Swiss, Titan420, Timothy Zabrinski, Timothy Exuberant Turtle, Thomas Smith, Deer and The Stone Shooter, Stud Still Smash, Stephen Parnell, Steve Dalk, Squints, Squeak Nuts, Solomon Soto, Slick Rick, Sleeper Hit, Rooney, Sharonic, Shorezy, Sean Ramos, Scary Terry, Sam Wright, Sam Carpenter, Ryan Perry, Ryan Maurice, Ryan Kinchin, Russell Aldridge, Romaldo Marquez, Ruben Elizold. Elizold sorry, Ruben. Ruben Aliz oh, Dude, I just did this whole episode in one sitting and now I'm trying to do these in an order I'm not used to, and this is fucking hard. Ruben Alizald. Roldy in the Deep, Robbie DLC, Ray San Wontonga, Randy Barrage, Quiet Place Queen, Postman, Phil Vow, Phil McCracken, Phil Lencher, OT Plays Games, Oroku Saki's Gardener, Oh My God, It Froze, Nomad, No One Cares, Nikolam, Nick Creature, Nerdy Hybrid, NyFE, Nathan Tromble, Musty Beetle, Much Makuchi, Mr. Papa Giorgio, Morgan, Mojo the Helper Monkey, Mizuru, Mike Maloney, Michael Barjudana, Mercury869, Max Sandin, Maverick Marty, Matt Hamilton, Mark Sneed, Mark But Not McHugh, shift Mallow Magic Money, Lucas Valadaz, Lord Longrod, Von Hugendong II, Louis Roy Westrich, Laces out Dan, Chris Lovin, nice goes in, guts, knife goes in, guts come out. Kia Pup, Kevin Monroe, J JVision 719, Just a Fish, Joe Stone, Jordan, John of the Adult Children Podcast, Johnny CCDC John Woodruff, John M. Watkins, John Jameson, Joey Mercury, Joel Leblanc, Joe Buck, Jimothy, Jerry the 3D printed Sausage, Jeff Bergeron, James C- Senabria, James Clark, James Black, Jameer Williams, Jake Carter, it's the Bigfoot it's OG. Isaias. Isaias. It's... Oh, my God. Isaias Isaias. It's, it's Inatsuro. I'm a stupid moron with an ugly face and a big butt and my butt smells. And I like to kiss my own butt. Holmes. Itchy poo. Hired goons. High Plains Drifter. Heman Demon. Hagel Waffle. hatrick Swayze. Graham, Gabe, G9PSX, General Fury, Fuzzy99, fee 492 Frazier Burns, Faded Sufferance, Evolva, Esteban Navarro, Eric James, E-Man, Trucker, Elijah Burns, EdridgeFPV, FPV, Drugs and okay, Dr. Nightmare23, DP Do- D- D- Pooper, Doug Dorn, Doogie, DNA Gaming, Dill Pickle Rick, D- Digital Dave, Derek Cox, Denzalo, Denton Van Zandt, Them Boys on the Roof, Decoy Man, DBXJ, DB Cooper, David Marcus, Dave Thompson, Dave McGee, Darth Skywalter, Daniel DeVore, Daniel, Dan, Fuselman, Dakota Guy. Fuck, there's a lot of D's. Current, remember the game Hall of Famer Mark McHugh, Colin Bollinger, Cody Richardson, Chucker 22, Christian Gabriel, Chris Williams, Chris Fleury, Chris and Charlie Marderos, Captain N, Cam Nelly 23, C Spin, Bulma Simp, Bud Lightyear, Bucky the Beagle Herder, Brian Neese, Brant Hewitt, Bar- Brandon ha- Helm. Brandon Helm Heckle, Brandon Dezeba, Bobby Litton, Blaine the Hoagie Man, Biddy, Benjamin Atkins, Beef Dingleberry, Beaver Boy, A-Town, Arctic Vision, Angry Ticks, Andy Hudson, Andrew Wright, Andre, Alexis Ramos, Alexander Camps, Alex R, Adam Martinet, Adam Fletcher, Aaron Lawson, and a dude named Adam. Woo! Dude, my voice is cooked. I did somebody else's podcast today, too. And then just did that whole thing in the last 90 minutes of sitting here at my desk. I am going to go drink some water and rest the moneymaker. Thanks for listening, everybody. Purple Monkey Dishwasher.